Welcome to Office Hours, a social science podcast produced at the University of Minnesota, featuring conversations with prominent scholars, researchers, and other movers and shakers in the social world. This week, we talk with Shad Maruna and Fergus McNeil about their documentary project, The Road from Crime. This documentary was produced as part of the larger Discovering Desistance Project, which aims to share knowledge and improve understanding of why people desist from crime. First, we hear a clip from the opening sequence of the film. Then we talk with Shad and Fergus themselves as they describe the process of producing this project. My name is Alan Weaver. I spent 12 years of my life getting in and out of jail as a prisoner. But I travelled the road away from crime. Today, I go into prisons as a probation officer trying to help others avoid the mistakes I made. But this film isn't about me. It's about what can be learned from stories like mine. Now, why don't we just get started by telling our listeners what motivated this type of project for you? I suppose for me, I've been writing and thinking about desistance from crime, uh, meaning how and why people stop offending. Uh, since around about the turn of the century, which makes me sound ancient, but uh, you, you know what I mean. Um, and uh, maybe in the last five or six years, there's been uh, a real upsurge of interest from policymakers and practitioners about uh, that those questions, how and why people stop. Partly, I think, driven by uh, concerns about money and the, the high costs of reoffending for criminal justice systems around the world. Um, uh, I, that provides an opportunity uh, for sociologists and criminologists with uh, knowledge about those questions to get into public debate um, and policy debate. And I've been very busy, as I know Shad also has been traveling around um, on that kind of knowledge exchange business, I guess. But also um, getting a little bit frustrated uh, about saying the same things over and over again, uh, but not really having a clear mechanism for working out how to bring sociological knowledge, criminological knowledge uh, to the table alongside other forms of of knowledge and experience. And this project was basically uh, an attempt to do that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it, it was really just a way to, to save us uh, from having to give so many talks. Uh, but we were just trying to think of other ways, better ways to, to convey knowledge. Uh, I mean, the, the, the academic lecture uh, is a classic. It's what keeps us uh, in, in business at some level. But, but um, it's not necessarily the best way to convey information if you think how many lectures we've all slept through in the past. Uh, and this, uh, we, we thought by, by bringing the subject to to life as you can do on film uh, we, we thought uh, would be a, a better strategy at some level. Right. And so as sociologists and criminologists who have produced um, a lot of empirical work in this area, you know, thinking about a documentary, I would assume that some of the goals or decisions um, are different for that medium versus the empirical sort of traditional book or article project. Um, and how, how true was this and, and how was this addressed by the way that you structured the film? 
Well, uh, I mean, it is uh, um, it, it is a, a totally different medium. Uh, that said, you know, and it might be just because our only experience is, is doing um, print based uh, um, research. Uh, but but you know, and 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 when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But we really did. We 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 approached it like we were doing uh, a, a new study. Now now, I mean, it's it's um, there's if you think about doing a, a qualitative study, and 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 you, we found out. There's a lot of parallels between uh, our the way we do research and the way documentary experts make, make films. Uh, but if you think about um, all the, the the difficulties of doing qualitative research, you you got to magnify them by ten or, or twenty fold when when you add the cameras and so forth. You know, uh, the one I mean, you've got. Uh, we always have technological glitches when you're doing interviews. Your, your digital recorder won't work, or you've run out of battery, or these things. Well, when when you've got the the, the sound boom, the the, the camera, the the lights, um, something always is going wrong, and, and you know. The, the easiest interview turned into an hour and a half, two hours in, in the field because of the, those technology problems with film. The ethical issues that, you, you know, qualitative research, it's crucial to, to be able to, to protect people's uh, identities and, and, and to not expose people to risks of harm. Well, all that is magnified when, when you're shining a, a camera at somebody and, and projecting their, their image online. Uh, the, the, the awkwardness of the interview becomes a lot more difficult when there's so many people involved rather than just you and a tape recorder. So, so um, it, it, it's it's a lot more clumsy uh, in, in lots of ways to to do authentic uh, sort of research. But but in terms of the, the the actual process, I mean, obviously it involves interviewing people, getting their narratives, and then you know the editing of the process, which is really where all the hard work is. I found the easiest thing to do was to transcribe the interviews that, that, that we got, basically. And then, you know, I didn't use in vivo, but, but essentially do an inductive analysis, just like I was doing it for, for an academic article or a book. But simply because we had these lovely 30, 40 minute interviews, hour long interviews, and we could only use th three, four minutes. Uh, so, so you're editing those in the same way you would be editing for, for a book or for an article. And, and that felt very, very familiar. One other big difference for me, which came out when we were uh, working to to produce the voiceover that connects the mm -hmm. different different scenes in the film. Yeah, I wanted to address that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it was to give you an insight into the process. We we wrote the voiceover together. Um, we we wrote it several times and, and gave it to the the director. Um, and the director wrote back to us and said, uh, more or less, and this is paraphrasing. Why don't you trust my film? Um, huh. And the, the kind of subtext was well, not the subtext. The the obvious message was that it's not really for in documentary filmmaking. You you leave some of the responsibility, obviously, with the viewer to interpret what they're seeing. Right. And whereas uh, you know we 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 had editorial control over uh, which parts of um, interviews to. Uh, to put in the film uh, mm -hmm. to communicate some of the key messages from the research. Uh, he was very resistant to the idea that we told the viewer exactly how to read or interpret those in the voiceover. So it was interesting for me. I, I guess all social research is partial. You know, you in, in two senses, you take a stance, um, you take a position, um, and then you also select, uh, inevitably select uh, from the data that you have in front of you. Um, and filmmaking is partial. In, in those two senses as well, but 
um, you, you lose a little bit of your control over the interpretation. And that's quite, uh, for me anyway, I, I find that unsettling, but also a bit liberating, to be honest. The liberating part of this is sort of the exciting part and what makes this project different and really relevant and, and relatable to watch. What other advantages did you find doing a film as opposed to um, the traditional print format? Well, if, if I go first on that one, I mean, for me, the, the filmmaking modeled uh, the approach that we took in the, in the project overall, which was essentially one of co-production. So we bring uh, a certain kind of knowledge um, to the process, but we respect and value and want to enter into a dialogue with other forms of knowledge, uh, the knowledge of ex-offenders, the knowledge of family members and supporters, the knowledge of practitioners, the knowledge of policymakers, and the knowledge of the artists, the creative artists uh, involved in the filmmaking process. So we are, um, I guess, in a, in, a, in a certain position of control because, you know, we're, we're funded and we have obligations and we uh, to those that fund the project that we have to, uh, in some sense, uh, oversee and deliver on. But uh, the whole ethos of the thing uh, is, is to try and co-construct uh, a narrative which has meaning and validity and, and some kind of truth uh, amongst all of those parties. So what we did in the, in the filmmaking was also what we did in, in subsequent workshops. Um, and I, I, I think for, for me, um, that's what generates the, the kind of uh, unique quality of the project's outcomes, which is that they are not just an academic reading of a social problem delivered back to uh, people in the field, people affected by the, uh, the, the, the problem in, in question. They are um, something that we, that we produce together, which therefore, I think, has had much greater purchase with the different constituencies involved. Yeah, I, I would just add to that. I mean, in terms of the medium itself, uh, I, I think, you know, the two big things for me was uh, that the film can put a human face on assistance, uh, in our, in this case, several uh, faces um, come out. And, and you know, we, uh, in, in, in our academic work, we, we kind of uh, shy away, I think, from from photography, from from the visual uh, for, for a lot of reasons. But, I, but, but some of them, I think, maybe we're in denial about. Uh, but but I do think uh, I do think that brings something important that the, the books and the articles can't bring when, when you can look into somebody's eyes and, and, and see them as a fellow human. The other thing, um, and it, it sounds mundane, but but, but we, we had lots of arguments about it was music, and and uh, and I think it's it, it's very powerful. Um, we, you know, we don't we tend to have music in our lectures or, or in our books, but when you add music, what that can do to a, a listener, a, a viewer, in terms of emotionally and, and, and so forth. I think that combination, um, you know, makes it, gives it the power that it's got in, in terms of influencing people that, that some other forms of knowledge exchange don't. Yeah, I actually, that really struck me when I, when I watched the documentary the first time. I thought it was um, very powerful music and it really adds a nice element. Um, sometimes as sociologists, we don't allow ourselves to be emotional about what we study. And it's kind of nice to have license to do that here. In terms of that, I mean, how, how much technical training or, or background did you have coming into this? Or did you really rely on the co-productive aspect to, to take care of these 
filmmaking decisions that were separate from the content explicitly? That's right. Yeah. No, we, we, we we're not trained in, in the slightest, uh, although I think uh, all, all four of us sort of decided uh, uh, after completing this, oh, we could do it. We've got another couple documentaries in us. And and, uh, and, I, and funny enough, the documentary gang, uh, who, who I should give credit to, Eamon Devlin was the director, Jared Stratton uh, did the, the the camera work for, both for Log and Media here in Belfast. I mean, they were the, the professionals, but they also, by the end of it, they were interested in, in talking to me about PhDs in criminology. So, so <laughs> both of us kind of learned uh, that, that we like the other's uh, patch uh, as well as our own. Yeah. Um, but but uh, um, yes, working with them was, was great. Uh, you know, the, the professional filmmaker brings, uh, you know, their expertise. So, so all the, the visuals, the, the cutaways, the, the timing, the pacing, the music, all those decisions were theirs. We didn't have uh, any influence on that. We, we like I say, we, we pushed for some of our own songs that we wanted to get in there, but that's just because we're, you know, amateur uh, music, music <laughs> critics. Uh, but, but, um, but for the most part, all that was theirs and their expertise. Um, what we had control over, as Fergus said, and, and, and in a collective sense, uh, uh, but what was this notion of, of content and, 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 you know, they would have made a very different film uh, if they were left to do it as professional documentary makers. You know, they, they would have had a lot more emotion in there. Uh, they were pushing for things uh, that were, uh, you know, that moved viewers in, in, in important ways. And, and as, as, as good as important as that is, we were also interested in getting that kind of intellectual content in there. And, and they, you know, they, they, there was interviews and I won't name names, but but of, of, of academics that their approach was, well, that was a worthless interview. Let's let's not run with any of that. You know, it would have all been on the cutting room floor. And we're sort yeah. of like, but this is the head of the National Institute of Justice. That was a brilliant <laughs> interview, you know, and these sort of things. So, so for us, uh, you know, it was it was trying to get that balance right between the the, the educational and the, getting the theory and, 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 and research in there, but also uh, um, doing letting the, the pros tell us, well, look, people are falling asleep by now. They're changing the channels by now. You need to, you know, you need to get some action and to this scene here and so forth. So, so that was educational. Yeah, interesting. Fergus, did you have anything to add to that? Not so much on the, on, on the, on the technicalities, I guess. Uh, I, I, I would want to echo Shad's points. I, I found it, uh, the, the parts of filming that I was involved with and the, the time that I spent uh, on set, as it were, with the, with the filmmakers, was just hugely uh, enlightening about, about their sort of skill and artistry and the way in which they... Uh, creatively uh, bring a story alive um, and, and there were lots of lessons in that for me um, as an academic both in, in terms of teaching um, and, and in terms of the, the knowledge exchange stuff you know the questions of dissemination engagement um, uh, that, that we raise all the time uh, we're you know we're, I think we're, we're often um, so preoccupied with the generation of the knowledge and with the I guess the quality control of the content that we completely miss uh, issues around the the medium, and as you said yourself, the the emotional engagement, the the, the kind of subjects that we study are um, inescapably inherently emotional, um, and it's almost as if we're afraid to go near that in case it messes with our 
uh, careful um, constructs and structures and, and uh, you know ways of analysing. Um, but yeah. uh, the filmmakers, you know, uh, they they force you to confront that, um, which I think has been you know enlightening for me personally. Yeah, yeah. So looking back at what you've produced. Did you learn anything different about desistance by studying it and, and producing knowledge in this way that you hadn't considered in that way before? Um, did this sort of unearth any new ideas for you? Yeah, it, it, it did for me. Um, again, I'm not so not so sure that these are ideas, you know, specific ideas about desistance, but more um, the, the 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 way in which I had engaged with this evidence and the questions that it raises um, and the. Uh, the position from which I did that. So I mentioned this idea of partiality earlier, um, and that relates partly to uh, anyone's biography um, and the way in which they uh, come into research and the position that they take. Obviously, some of that's conscious and some of it is less conscious. For me, um, participating in the project made it clear to me that the, the, the angle at which I had entered the field of, of desistance, if you like, had been... Uh, conditioned by the fact that I come out of a social work background. So uh, I read this material for the first time with a practitioner's eye and was excited about it from the perspective of what it could do to transform the kinds of practices that I'd been involved in. Um, and I mean that transformation not just in a technical sense, but also in a kind of normative and, and critical sociological sense. Uh, and I thought I'd travelled quite a long way with that. But in reality, when I found myself in a co-productive process, um, really compelled to take seriously uh, and value the knowledge of different parties in the process. Um, it, it made me understand my own position better um, and, and also to become a bit more critical of it. So, um, you know, the, 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 the major finding actually out of the project for me was not, not a substantive recommendation for criminal justice uh, in any specific um, domain, but, but rather the idea that if we want people to uh, engage um, with uh, justice processes um, in order that they might um, in some way transform their lives and, and be uh, supported towards uh, integration in society, then it's frankly uh, absurd to imagine that we can do that other than co-productively, um, other than by engaging with them, uh, respecting them, their knowledge, their expertise, the, the lived experience, if you like. Um, and I, I kind of thought I already knew that, but the, the film convinced me that I've got some learning still to do on that one. How about for you, Shad? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really interesting point, and um, I, I think it's been that experience I've seen in interacting with um, policymakers and, and 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 staff as well. I mean, there, there is a sense about this this project that that it, it's it's kind of more than um, more than what I thought we were embarking on, which was to kind of well, we've got this research and now we've just got to get it out there in some ways, but but. It, it really has been much more of a, of a two-way or multi-way dialogue uh, that, that's been really interesting. And, and I've had 
people in 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 um, uh, prison and, and, and probation and policy circles, you know, talk about it as um, as more of an evaluation or as a, as a research project in these kind of things. And and can you tell me a bit more of the, the you know the the discovering assistance project that, that you've done and 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 it has become more of that uh, than I certainly saw it as kind of one way flow of information and it's been much more uh, of a learning process throughout I think uh, but yes a, a number of things kind of came up uh, even you know in in the film certainly everything in the film was meant to be uh, there and 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 almost all of the, the the major themes in the film can be found in making good or in any of Fergus's articles on the topic but but uh, it did uh, um, it put some of those themes in, in, in a sharper focus to me the the, the contagion effect of desistance where where uh, in two of the interviewees in in, in Washington DC are talking about um, I went straight because he went straight and I could see that that uh, um, you know I could see that was a road for me and then we, we heard that theme a number of other times from others and these sort of things that were in the research but but I think uh, they, they, they came to life for me and, and so I've been uh, pursuing that that kind of contagion effect in in, in my research where um, I w- might have been interested in other things going into this project. So, so it's been very good in that sense. So now that the film is produced and it's out there, people can watch it online and download it. And I mean, what would you like? To, how would you like the film to be used now in the future? What's kind of the ideal use of it, or what are your goals or dreams for it? Well, um, as you say, you know, we've really just kind of unleashed it out there to, to say, um, let people kind of surprise us how, how they've been using it. And Fergus can give more specifics than I can of the range of different groups who've gotten in touch to say, yes, we've been, we've been showing this film. Uh, it, it's been used certainly um, in, in dialogues between uh, practitioners and clients. Uh, a, a number of, of prisons have talked about showing it, uh, but, but also um, uh, probation work uh, with, with, with group group work and individual work in, in probation um, but but uh, probably just as appropriately the, the, it could be used in training situations uh, with, with new uh, um, new volunteers or, or, or new professionals uh, and entering uh, the different uh, re-entry and, and, and other forms of work um, I've, I've certainly shown it um, a number of times to to experienced professionals and and, and I kind of expect, well, you know, and I, and I will preface it with, of course, you all know this and, and, and there won't be anything new to you in this film. And, and, and they come up to me with, with, with big smiles saying how, how rewarding it was to see and that they've never seen it all put together like this into a film and, and so forth. So, so I've been surprised. And even with academic audiences, I've shown it now at, at the British Society of Criminology, the American Society of Criminology, and, and, and it gets good responses from those groups who who I, I must say it wasn't intended for. I mean, it was intended for those who aren't reading the research uh, specifically because those who are can get, you know, can get a lot more of the desistant stuff from, from, from books than they can here. But, uh, uh, but even they have, you know, reflected on some of those things that film does that the books can't. And, and, and of course, several are, are interested in showing it to their students to, to give themselves a week off uh, of teaching and, and, and these sort of things. So, so uh, um, I, I, 
I, I think we're going to just continue to be surprised uh, of how how it's going to be used, um, and and that's you know that's one of the, the great things of, of being able to not having to sell it, not having to worry about um, commercial value of the thing, but just giving it out there free and, and seeing what happens. Yeah, we had um, we had modest uh, ambitions for it at the start, to be honest. And and what we promised mm-hmm. the funders was that we would use it. Uh, in fact, we made it as the stimulus material for workshops that we ran in Northern Ireland, in Scotland, and in England, um, with the the partners, the different organisations involved in corrections over here. Um, and that 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 was the initial intended uh, audience and. They engaged with it and it stimulated the, the conversation that we wanted to have. That incidentally, if people want to get a sense of how those workshops run and, and what the outcomes of them have, have been, uh, the Discovering Desistance blog, which is Googleable uh, easily, just Discovering Desistance, can, can fill people in on all of that. But that, that was the primary use. We imagined that it would have uses in um, uh, sociology, criminology, you know, higher education, and more specifically professional education. I guess for me, the, the two other kinds of uses which have surprised and delighted me, the, the first one is direct practice. So you'll, you'll find on the blog um, people working in probation and working in prisons talking about showing it to guys um, and women um, in prison or on probation um, and making it the beginning of a conversation with them. You know, the, the, the film comes in four scenes, so you can break it down and, and have sort of 10 or 12 minutes followed by um, conversation. And people seem to be finding it very useful in the field, um, you know, directly with those involved in the justice system to get them uh, thinking and engaging. So that's, that's really uh, encouraging to hear. But one of the messages that came out of the workshop uh, was, you know, we love the film. Those of us watching it in the workshops, the ex-offenders, the practitioners, the policymakers, we love it. But it's the public that need to see it uh, because it's the other end of the reintegration or the re-entry um, relationship that needs some work. Um, people are working hard at trying to change and address um, their problems. But if people in the community uh, aren't going to accept them back, then uh, all that hard work is, is liable to be in vain. So the, the kind of challenge back to us is get the message out further, um, engage with a much uh, broader range of publics uh, using this uh, this film in that way. And, and we've had one or two interesting um, bits of feedback from there, you know, unexpected uses of the film in uh, church groups, community groups, um, you know, where people are almost using it as you would a, a book in a, in a classic reading group. Um, you know, you, you just watch it and you chat and it's the first time maybe that you think really seriously about uh, what, it, what it means to get involved and, and tied into justice and then to, to escape um, those constraints and to leave crime behind and find a way to uh, integrate back into society. So. Um, I, I guess I'd like to see us try and do more um, around public education, uh, to be honest, so that that part of supporting reentry can be um, supported and, and developed through the uh, through the film too. The other thing I would I would say maybe to uh, sociologists with aspirations to get into filmmaking uh, is you know by all means go for it. it it's uh, hugely rewarding and I think hugely valuable um, and it, it does engage with debates about uh, public sociology or if you prefer civic uh, sociology um, I, I think it's a kind of 
academic obligation to try to contribute to public debate and if if nothing else at least clear away some of the garbage that uh clutters up the the landscape of public debate on some of these key social issues uh in our case around crime justice and reintegration so by all means you know go for it but don't underestimate um the amount of time and and effort involved we were lucky in that we were able to persuade the funder who we should acknowledge the UK Economic and Social Research Council uh, we were able to persuade them uh, to uh, give us a, a grant that allowed us to uh, use professional filmmakers and I, I think uh, we, we had to we had to argue that case quite carefully with them uh, rather than making it a student project or somehow filming it ourselves uh, but you know it, it, it uh, the, the quality that they added far exceeds the cost, um, but it but it is a cost, and it needs to be written into these kind of grant applications if we're serious about this. In terms of public sociology, I mean, the the interesting thing for me is, is you know, we've got, this is a topic in a sense, uh, crime and punishment, that you know, there's a, a media saturation of, you know, you 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 could um, um, if, if you just wanted to see uh, uh, some a, a film about um, uh, prison issues or about even the the guy getting out of prison, um, you, there there are, are dozens and dozens of choices out there uh, to draw from. Now, most of them fictionalized, but even some some very good documentaries um and 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 so it really is doing the work really raised these these questions of of uh, you know how or what what, how is public sociology if if this is what this is how is it different than than just um uh, the usual uh journalism or or uh documentary or or even uh other forms of cinema that that covers these issues and 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 i think you know i i didn't get an answer to that as we were doing it i think there's a very sort of fine line out there, but but I do think there is a line, and then some of it is trying to get the um, the, the theory in, in, into the the documentary uh, as we as we did, and and, and previous research, and, and having it based on a, a foundation of of uh, a body of, of work rather than um, simply being based on um, the, the 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 ten fifteen people that we interviewed as part of this, um, it, it was it was coming from that broader foundation of. of of, of sociological research, uh, so so I think those things help, but 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 it still it, it, it does uh, make for an interesting debate of, of, of where where a documentary ends and where public sociology begins, I suppose. And, and uh, uh, I do think, yeah, more more of this uh, in, in the future would, would be useful. This, this is a uh, a topic for a whole other podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> Telephone one, one, one of, Feel one free of the to things that I would say is that. Uh, the, the, the idea of co-production um, compels uh, any academic who, who's participating in it from whatever discipline to think really seriously about what's distinctive or unique about our knowledge claims. I use the terms distinctive and unique carefully because I'm not trying to imply uh, any um, privileging of those forms of knowledge. I think we, we have something absolutely distinctive and valuable to offer uh, that comes uh, partly from the, the the rigor of our method, whatever that means, and partly from uh, hopefully the, the, the critical clarity, the, the theoretical analysis um, and the, the interpretive skills that we can uh, bring to bear. But um, when, when, you, when, you, when you get serious about co-production and some other you know, uh, not just sociologists, people talking about civic social science or even civic science, you know, what's the, uh, 
the, the nature of, of, of a quality, respectful, engaged dialogue between uh, the academy and the other legitimate voices in public debate on key issues. And that's what the film really begins to force me to think about. What is it that I bring which is different? Um, and, and how do I maintain uh, the, the academic quality of, of my contribution to that discussion without uh, rendering myself uh, remote, um, irrelevant, um, or, or worse in a way, uh, developing the kind of conceit that sometimes uh, populates the academy that, that we know best um, and, and we're going to either tell you the answer or refuse to tell you the answer because we don't want to play at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, look, those are the questions I had planned. Is there any you know, concluding thoughts on the film that you have or maybe some extra instructions to our listeners on how they can get access to it? Uh, you can, uh, if, if you go to the Discovering Resistance blog, there's a page called Documentary, and uh, the, the links uh, to the download site are, are on that page, so it's easy to get hold of. Um, the DVD version of it can be ordered um, from the University of Glasgow for a, a very small fee, but it, it's free to download, so that's the, the obvious way to get hold of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, slight warning for uh, American audiences watching this, uh, there are a variety of, of uh, um, subtitled translations. Uh, one of them is from uh, English to English, but uh, it is the uh, <laughs> English subtitles for those who don't speak Scottish or, or uh, some of the other regions accents we, we've got in the film right. uh, that's that's also available on the website and and uh, as, as silly as it sounds I, I do recommend it for for a couple of the the early interviewees in particular um, American audiences might have trouble with the uh, the accents so it's a uh, worth worth clicking on those subtitles right good advice, good advice. I struggle with yeah. them too and I'm from there. <laughs> it adds to the richness yeah, it does mm-hmm. <laughs> well fascinating film I really I really enjoyed it, and it's something I'm excited to share with the people that I work with. And um, and I just want to thank you again for taking time to to sit down with me today and uh, kind of fill me in on some of the background. Our listeners would be excited to hear. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.